Hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai, and welcome to episode 51 of Little Things for Bonsai People. And this time I'm joined by my co-hosts. My first co-host is Mike Lane of Kitsune Bonsai. How's it going, Mike? Hey, Evan. What's up, man? Oh, nothing much, dude. Um, and our second co-host is Carmen Lescovianski. How are you doing today? What's up, Carmen? Hi. I'm doing well, thank you. And, oh, there's no order... There's not like a raking system going on there, by the way. They're both equally Whatever. awesome. Wait, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was already like, man. Mm. Number one. You were just going alphabetically by last name. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, number one out of two. 50, there's a 50% chance you're going to get that title. Uh, but anyway, so today's topic is we're going to do a little bit of uh, spooky stuff. It's a little bit of just a, a little bit of a laid back. Uh, episode today we're just going to talk about some halloween some all of our other stories so uh, yeah we're always so so serious um but we're going to talk about you know some fun stories maybe some things that are related to bone side that we know or maybe some personal accounts uh i've seen you know maybe ghosts and bigfoots before but maybe we'll talk about that in a little while um and if mike's all right with it we can talk about his experience with Laurent. Eh? oh yeah yeah oh, okay cool, cool and then we have one tree critique uh that was submitted as tribute for us to just completely shred they said be harsh so we're gonna do our best <laughs> but yeah, uh awesome. before we get into that we do need to mention that our podcast is sponsored by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com forward slash little things for boneside people head on over there and become a boneside best bud and hang out on the discord with these amazing people starting off our list with Taurus Elise, Vicky Off, Boyd Snellbro, Ricky Ruins, Joshua Bivick, Snappy Chappers, Joel Jenkins, Justin Knight, Backyard, Boneside Australia, Greenwich Gardens, Taylor Peacock, Chase Retweet, Chase, I swear. Austin Adkins, Karen Codswell, Urin in Boneside Garden, Lewis Torres, AC Castle, Boneside Marine, Jazz Potts, J-A-S Potts, I don't know which one to say, Chris Fassoon, and Timothy Arsenault. I've been calling him uh, <laughs> boy, Tiffany. <laughs> Tiffany recently for no reason. Uh, if, it w- if it wasn't for our patrons, this wouldn't be possible. Thank you guys so much. And I get a shout out at the beginning of every episode if you are a Boneside Best Bud $5 tier patron. Uh, and Carmen, you have a ad read to do. I sure do. Let who me is find this, it. Who else is this, spot, this, uh, this podcast sponsored by? This podcast is sponsored by Bonsai Bar, the beginner bonsai workshop popping up in breweries all across the Northeast. Bonsai Bar is two hours of tiny tree goodness disguised as a night out with friends. Come grab drinks, create a new tree, and watch as your friends and family get the bug for bonsai. Bonsai Bar is always looking for teachers and assistants, and you listen to this podcast, so you're probably already qualified. Bring your knowledge out to the bar. Apply today. Find event tickets, contact info, and more at bonsaibar.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bonsai Bar, for sponsoring our show. And then I can't go without mentioning Matt O'Donnell. He makes us sound smart, cleans up the audio, makes us enjoyable to listen to. Go over to mattodonnell.com to fill out a contact form to start your own podcast show or audio engineering project with him. He's a set bassist living in Nashville, Tennessee, and he's an all-around awesome guy. It's in the script. I say it every time. Uh, so how is it going, crew? It's the first time in a while that we've had uh, the three of us sitting down and look at each other on a Zoom call. How's it going? Yeah. 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 How's it going yeah. with you guys? Um, let's see. What have we been doing? I don't even remember. What day is it? Um, oh, <laughs> last week was super busy. We had a bunch of folks come visit um, a garden, including Laurent DeRoe and oh. Dave DeGroat. And who else was with him? Um, 
And let's see, we had a fall seasonal. We've got another fall seasonal happening next week. So that's a three-day intensive course run by Michael Hagedorn of Crataegus Bonsai. Um, and then this week is kind of a down-ish-ish week between um, between classes. So I'm just styling up some raw stock this week. Ooh, that's fun. I love yeah, raw stock. Super fun. Um, on my end, I've uh, I've got a lot going on too. I mean, I will be standing in two weddings and attending three you know, out of the you know, so it's three and standing out of two two of the three, uh, and that's going to be back to back for the next four weeks. So I've got a really exciting like personal time thing going on there. But also, uh, yeah, after having uh, after having Lorette, that was this is like right before uh, we talked about this in a couple episodes already. Uh, but I've I've gotten a lot of, I guess, uh, a lot of things to, to do with the nursery now. Speaking of raw stock, I've been trying to cull my way through all the, the raw stock coming into the fall season. Everything's starting to pick up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, especially after our 100 degree dry summer. We finally got a little bit of rain. It cooled off and everything's growing now. So it's kind of like a second spring in a weird way, but I know it's like kind of already doomed from the get because everything's like a little weaker than it should be because of just how intense it was. Mm-hmm. Um Mike, did you experience like an overly just like brutal like summer? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm. All all sorts of stuff is just acting weird, and you know this time of year for us is an odd time because that even even though it's still warm, everything is slowing down. So like buttonwoods aren't really growing. You know they'll grow at a fraction of the rate that they were growing, and so a lot of people think like you know in Florida we have a an endless growing season. And in a lot of ways we do, but the growth like slows to a crawl this time of year. So it's just trying to, um, you know, find things to do around the garden, catch up on things and finally get around to weeding things. And hey. it's, uh, this is my favorite time of year, honestly, because oh, really? things do slow down in the garden. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Things are a little slower. You feel like you can gauge things as far as, uh, you know, treatment of growing things out like blowing things out for certain development processes or i mean can you still repot a few things yeah i still do that i still do it you know it's it's risky i don't recommend anybody do it uh but i i still do it and my my theory is i can bring it in and keep the tree warm um it has bit me in the ass in years past though so you know i always tell students if you if you decide to do that and work out a season you do that at your own risk you know you you can lose branches you can weaken the tree just have a terrible winter uh you know but there are times like sea hibiscus and whatnot i know and from years past we've been warm up through december and i don't really see that they stop growing and i only need like two weeks for them to root into a pot so i if i have two weeks of warm weather i can repot them and um and I know there was a there was a question in the Discord. I don't know if you saw it uh, about taking buttonwood cuttings. Oh yeah. Um, and I think the question was. Let me go back and look at it real quick. Unless Carmen, can you go to the Discord for, probably faster than I can if you had it pulled mm-hmm. up? Oh okay. Um, trying to root a couple of green and silver buttonwoods in water. So far, the green one has roots of around one inch. Um, what could be a good indicator that it's safe to take out a cutting from water and move it to uh, soil? I've always had a hard time with that. I've always had a hard time. Um, uh, I don't root them in water. I just root them in soil. Good. And uh, 
I've always had a hard time transferring them over from water to soil. You know, the roots always seem like super tender when they're grown in water and super kind of weak. And so uh, I tend to have bad luck with that. So I would say uh, wait until they harden off best to your ability and then uh, try and transfer it over to some soil. But uh, I would try to root them in soil going forward and and try not to just root like one or two at a time. Try to root as many as you can. Uh, you know, I know that's easier said than done, but it's, it is actually easier to do that. So if you have multiple cuttings drawing from the moisture of one pot, then you have much more likelihood that they'll all make it. Hmm. They'll even out the the amount of moisture and then it might not rot the cutting necessarily. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah the thing with the the water roots versus the the like straight to the soil roots, I've always kind of been under the impression too that some plants make different types of roots depending on the situation, like a water root. And and Carmen, you have the little bit more mm-hmm. of the background with that. Can there be a different water root to a like a struck so, ground cutting? Uh well the the roots that are in water generally aren't in in my experience, and I haven't done this with hardwood cuttings, but with houseplants, um, a lot of times they're a little bit um, weaker, it seems. But like a lot of times, even the growth when you're growing something in water can be a little bit weaker. So my experience with houseplants, um, so again, this might be different with buttonwood, but um, I usually wait until there's a lot of roots so that if any of them get damaged, there's still something there. If you have like a, you know, a significant amount of root, you're way more likely to be successful. I would not remove it from the water if it has one root that's like an inch long. That's probably not going to be enough. Um, and I was seeing that, who was it? Somebody on Instagram who does a lot of houseplant propagation was using those like clay balls that they use in hydroponics a lot. It's kind of an in-between for moving from straight water to soil. So, I mean, that's well, something that's cool. they could try. Or just being just waiting until there's a lot of root and then transferring it over. So I would wait until it's you know pretty, until there's you know more roots than you think you need probably. Yeah, seems like a lot of work just to just to stick it in soil <laughs> with strong roots. But I don't know. Uh, I was just trying to get a reference point there because I mean, mm-hmm. what I've I taken... don't know how different they are, but I imagine they're a little bit weaker because they're not you know they're in water, which is different yeah. than. I've gotten very few plants to take root in water like that and then just transfer it over just for the roots to either break off or just get replaced with a fine. Well, the the, sci- the science behind that is that roots, if you're giving the plant everything it needs, it doesn't need to push a lot of roots. So if it has yeah. access to tons of water, then it doesn't need to search for it. And so mm-hmm. think like hardy, woody roots are, come from searching behavior. Mm-hmm. So if they, they have to dry down a little bit to seek and to start hardening off. So it's uh, usually you'll get very, very tender, thin roots. Uh, that's always been my experience. But Carmen's right. As long as you like build up that water bottle or whatever filled with roots, then your odds are good that some of those mm-hmm. will make it through to the potting. Mm-hmm. But I, I also, I, I tend to agree with Evan that I tend to just use soil more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, pick your battles pretty much is what we're all collectively saying here, I guess. Um, but, yeah, uh, so tell us, uh, Mike, since you had a lot more travel time with Lorette, um, or low is what he preferred yeah. for uh, his friends to call him is what he told me. Um, what so, was that? 
Lowe, which is because his Lowe. how you actually say his name. It's not Loren. It's actually Lone, I think, or something. No, it's Laurent. Laurent. Yeah, because you. Uh, I got a really the bad French way. Uh, yeah, he he says I don't say it right, but yeah, I <laughs> I still try. I just <laughs> he yeah. says call me Lowe, and I'm like Laurent. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah I, I had my take on him because i spent about 10 days with him and uh yeah. you spent a significant amount of time so yeah i did yeah um, so let's hear what you have to say well uh, there's just a lot you know there really is a lot uh, a lot of unpacking to do in all honesty i mean i've been kind of laying low and just uh keeping to myself mostly because there's artistically i'm in kind of a state of flux you know i don't really know um where i'm at where my bonsai is at you know i i think in a lot of ways he has some philosophies that through like long conversations i realize are are important and are things that i need to consider in my bonsai which i'll talk about in a second and um some others are, are like make me question like what I want out of the art, you know? So some of those themes are kind of like the sense of self in art versus like the sense of almost like eliminating self. And so if you look at bonsai as a Zen art and you look at it from the Japanese uh, as, uh, Japanese eyes of Zen, then you are supposed to take yourself out of the equation. You're supposed to almost like kill your ego, you know? And so when you make art, it's not supposed to come from yourself. It's not supposed to be my identity is in this artwork. It's not supposed to be my, you know, that's less important. You're, you're a hive mind. It's a whole. And so uh, Western art, and I think Laurent is, really embraces ego and embraces that sense of self. And, uh, you know, it, it's more kind of looking to put his identity on the craft and looking to um, leave a legacy that is uh, above just being a part of the whole, you know, he's, he's special. And so that's the idea behind like art through self, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've been thinking a lot about is do I even want to make art for myself? You know, is that something that appeals to me? Uh, I don't know. And, uh, and then some of the other things are, you know, dealing with some things he's, he will say things that aren't necessarily what you want to hear. And what I've said in the past is like, I've had very pivotal moments in, in my bonsai where, uh, I had a really, really harsh critique from Mark Nolander about eight years ago that destroyed me. And, um, it ended up being one of the best things that ever happened to my bonsai because I ended up coming back reinvigorated. And this is something similar in that a lot of things that you think, uh, you know, you think you're going down the right path and you realize like, yeah, you are, but it, there are other paths still to kind of unfold. And it just, uh, like to kind of illustrate that point is, uh, his way of doing bonsai in a lot of ways is more wabi-sabi than like the Japanese way of doing it. And the reason I say that is he's only ever keeping the tree in refinement for two years at a time. And then the tree goes back into development and it's perpetually in development. So it's forever being developed into something new. 
And so for an art that claims to be something that, that embraces impermanence and teaches you about impermanence, uh, it seems to kind of embrace that, that philosophy more, you know? Okay. And, um, and it also makes me think about like, how many issues do you avoid by keeping a tree refined all the time? Like the, the reality is that refining a tree for 40 years is slowly weakening the tree to death. Like it's not going to die because you'll do something about it before that happens. But the reality is like, you're getting small leaves for a reason. You're getting mm -hmm. like all of these diminutive traits for a reason. And it's not because the tree is growing vigorously and happy and healthy. Um, it's growing slow. It's growing slow and it's growing, you know, in an environment usually that it doesn't want to be in. You know, we're keeping it wetter than we need to keep it. Uh, we're not fertilizing it as aggressively as we could fertilize it. And, um, and so when you think about it through the lens of like doing everything for the tree, is, is keeping a tree in refinement forever really best for the tree? I don't know. And so I guess what I've been doing in the last few weeks is just licking my wounds, you know, just really letting the, the letting everything settle out, kind of seeing where my heart still is, kind of where I kind of am going to go with this, you know, what direction I want to go. Um, it was, it was exactly what I needed, uh, but it wasn't what I wanted necessarily. Mm -hmm. I you appreciate know. you being so like vulnerable with your feelings yeah. about this experience for you because I I had the opportunity to talk to him for I don't know only like an hour and a half or so and even within yeah. that time I was only actually talking with him for maybe thirty minutes so um I I'm I'm jealous in the sense that you and Evan got a chance to have some of these really deep conversations with him it's something that I'd like to do in the future but. Um, back to one of the first things you said about how he's actually like actively putting himself into this as art. I think this is one of those places where the art versus craft debate comes into play right. where the maybe the, the act, the, how the Japanese do it of removing the ego or doing it, you know, just to create bonsai is more of the craft of bonsai, whereas what he has done and i i said this to michael as well that you know he's come up with a way of doing bonsai that breaks the rules but in kind of an appropriate way so I it's agree. It, it's creating this new thing like you know we went from if you're considering painting from um like you know realism to surrealism to cubism to all these yes. different styles so once you have the the technique once you have the craft you can you can create something new and different and that's what impresses me so much about what he's doing is that it it is totally i mean it's I, he's drawn from a lot of i think the indonesian um styles but what he's what he's doing and how he's presenting it and teaching it is very different and unique and i think that that's um really cool he's really somebody i would like to to talk to more about this um cuz i think that's where a lot of people maybe in the U.S. kind of want to go with, you know, trying to put them, a lot of us want to create art, you know, we don't want right. to just make bonsai. We want to express ourselves or show something that's a little bit different and be very, you know, and we try to do that maybe without having all of the the skills of how to do it right. um, in the, in a, you know, really successful way. So um, 
I think, think that's, that's 100%. Part of, part of you deal. just nailed it. Thank you. Woo! Okay, no, I, I really... That's, thank you, you, ladies and gentlemen. Is, I'm out. No, I'm I think, I think <laughs> like we do try to do it before we have the skills to do it. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the major rub. You know, that's mm-hmm. the major rub is one thing that, that dealing with Laurent that I realized was like, it's high art. It's very, very high art for him. And one of the things he said that was so appealing was that if you are going to step outside of the box, especially in bonsai, like every part of your composition has to be perfect. There can't be a flaw. Can't be any flaw in your theory. Can't be any flaw in anything. Your horticulture Mm -hmm. has to be perfect because people are going to come for it and Mm -hmm. they're going to look for it. If they don't like your style, they're going to look for ways to pick it apart. Yep. And so, um, I felt his approach to each project is like a true artist. Like there was no hint. I was telling my fiance, this is there's no hint that cosmic bonsai was coming. It wasn't like before he first showed the tree that there were Facebook updates like, Hey, this Mm -hmm. is what I'm working on. This is what's happening. No, he was quietly for like, you know, five or six years, uh, putting together this composition, having a guy paint a, a fresco on concrete having these kakemono put together and uh, then he released it like boom as a composition and then sold it off and that's done. That part of his life is done. That composition, that project is over. And then, I think when you, when you look at it like that, it's, it is art. I mean, it's more art and I'd say bonsai. And yeah. that's, that's the, the struggle I'm having. It's like, I love bonsai. I love mm-hmm. bonsai. And I, and I, and the art appeals to me. It does. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, there's just a lot, a lot to, a lot bouncing around. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a lot to, um, to process. And I think that there's also space to do both, you there know, is. or find some other in between. So I, I think you're doing the right thing, taking time to just let it settle and think about it. Well, like yeah. one argument is this too is is like with Laurent, he, 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 what people don't realize is what makes him unique is he's worked in China, like he worked for seven years in China and Taiwan. He's worked mm-hmm. in collections in Japan. He's worked in high level collections in Europe, um, and so he's seen bonsai on a world level that not mm-hmm. a lot of people get to see and experience. And what he's seen is ass loads of perfect trees. Yeah. So, so many perfect trees. And what happens is what happens when for 35 years you see the same triangle over and over and over and over and over. And every tree is done to a high level and every tree is perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, then you start looking for something different. And what yeah. we talked about is like you could go to a Japanese nursery and find 200 gardenias that are ready for gaffutan. 200 yeah. perfect gardenias. And the one they'll pick to go to gaffutan will be the one that has a weird branch. Yeah. You know, and so so the whole point is like, I guess where I'm like stuck is why even bother making a perfect tree when at the end of the day, you don't, I'm never going to want it. And you know, I'm not going to want this like cookie cutter, same mass production Mm -hmm. thing. Even if it's done to a high, high level, I would get bored of it. Mm -hmm. And so, so I don't know. I just, like you said, got a lot to think about. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I think I'm, um, at, you know, here at Michael's, at, at, da, 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 my words are hard today. Michael's garden, we have so few of each species and each piece is 
almost a piece of art in itself. So it's not that cookie cutter Japanese style of, you know, of like you said, there's a hundred perfect junipers all lined up in a row, which I've seen there. And it's astounding. It's beautiful. It's amazing. But I, I don't have that experience because here everything is so unique. Um, and I think that's uh, something that probably helped him, you know, in the long run and will help all of us in the long run to start to be more creative and break out of that cycle. But um, yeah, what is, what's the point if there's 500 perfect ones and you're going to pick the one with the weird branch? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe That's just for fun to find the for fun. find the one with the weird branch. Well, I guess like my my whole pursuit up until this point has been to develop technical skills. To I wanted to be able to build a perfect tree, you know, mm-hmm. know how to do that, and. Uh, now, now that's that's already. I'm not going to say I'm bored with it, but it's already starting. I can feel it starting until they mm-hmm. come to the point where I'm like, okay, all my trees are very much the same. You know, my trees are built by the same formula, and mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be harsh to say, but a lot of the ones that are made by that algorithm, they just lack soul. You know, yeah. they they um, lack soul, and I think. Uh, I don't know. The more I look at trees, especially going to the redwoods this year, seeing the redwoods, uh, seeing that not everything has to have a big giant first branch, and seeing that things have scars, and seeing you know, I don't mm-hmm. know, just uh, got a lot of uh, reevaluating to do. You got to come come out here, come out to Portland, and hang out with us and see some of our weird stuff. Well, I know Michael. Michael's really into that. I knew Laurent would really enjoy his garden, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I really would like to be more like that. The mm. the issue, I guess, I'm not artistic. Is the real issue? It's like I oh, love well. to be artistic. And hear me out. Okay. It's like, okay. I've always wanted to be an artist. Always, and I used to want to draw. So I used to love drawing. But I never could come up with anything from like my brain, nothing from the ether. I'd always see something drawn and I'd sit and I'd re- like recreate that drawing and I'd memorize how to do that. And so mm-hmm. I'd always be able to redraw that wherever. Mm-hmm. And um, I've done that with everything. And so I, I went through a lot of my life thinking I was very artistic. You know, I do that with music, I do that uh, with bonsai as well. And um, what I learned is like, I'm not, I'm not artistic. What I am is very analytical. And so for me, the rules are like a, a life jacket. You know, the mm-hmm. rules and the algorithm and all that are like a way to still make art um, when I'm not necessarily able to pull that from the ether. You know? mm-hmm. I've always struggled with that concept too of just pulling something out of thin air and creating it. I mean, and I think there is some misunderstanding with drawing and painting in that a lot of it is done from photos. My brother is a, uh, he's got a degree in fine arts and he, he works in tech, but he still does painting. And a lot of his work is done based off of photos. And a lot of my drawing in the past has been done off of photos. And I think that there's, um, I think, in that respect, it's a lot like bonsai where you have to copy it a certain amount yeah. until you can move ABA. past it. And I've never yeah. gotten to that point with with art. And I'm starting to get to that point with bonsai. I mean, it's I'm not going to lie. I was working on this tree um, 
last week and I might have cried a little bit because I was so frustrated with like how the (laughs) heck do I make the top of this tree not have a bald spot and like it's like I know what it's supposed to look like I know you know what bonsai is supposed to be and I like I can maintain trees forever easy like I've got that check cool we're good but when it comes to the actual creation process it's so hard and it's like it's yeah. a totally different animal and i think i mean i don't know where i was going with this but <laughs> no i think you're right though i mean that is it is hard that's that's the and so it's good to have like the rules are are a great way to navigate mm-hmm. the the you know expanse mm-hmm. right and, yeah uh, but i do think that it it it's got to be so cool to just like really deftly just see it and and, and just have do your it. fingers just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you uh, know, maybe we're just not there yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I that's what I think too and and may, maybe maybe spent 35 years in Japan and China and Indonesia like Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is the guy yeah. when when I try to explain like why he's in a cosmic style and stuff like that is I'm like boredom. Like mm-hmm. literally boredom. Like you've, st- yeah. you've seen a bajillion Kokofutan worthy trees. And uh, at a certain point, you're just like, all right, let's do something else. Yeah. Well, so, I I do have one thing to say about the whole perspective on like being analytical versus being, versus being artistic that you yeah. kind of brought up uh, before we um, move on from this topic. Um, Never. I could talk about this forever. I know, we could talk about this forever. Yeah. Um, but any, and I mean, there hasn't been any complaints from our listeners. So, uh, but yeah, for, for art though, it's like, I, I get that coming up with something from your mind is, is close to impossible for some people, mm-hmm. but a lot of the best pieces in art had reference. So you right. talked about taking a picture and drawing what you saw in the picture. Um, a lot of classical pieces or were either, uh, they had the model stand there to equip, a quick sketch and then the artist had to go back later on because the, the mm-hmm. person could stand there for for months on end for them to, to to paint the image so a lot of that was just from a uh it's a mixture of reference points and then going off what you know at uh kind of just co- like cross-reference here to the the rules of bonsai the common practice of bonsai you know start with your nabari go to your first branch go to your second branch so it kind of gives you an outline just like that from the drawing to the painting Mm -hmm. um so there's always been reference points and even in like more abstraction stuff like um there's a little bit more of a different approach to that as well i mean like you mentioned uh earlier carmen with the transition from uh i can't remember if it was you or like I'm going to be honest, but I heard Cubanism dropped in there for a second. That was perfect. Mm-hmm. And that was you. Okay. Um, but yeah, the conversation got really, uh, really deep. Uh, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was in another place. No, uh, but Cubanism <laughs> has a reference point as well. But like you said, whenever Picasso got bored with it, he created those pieces for himself and he mm-hmm. had them for a long time. I don't know if you guys have gone into oh. art history. I've seen like his progression of I, it was actually a meme. It was like his first self-portrait, the middle of his career self-portrait, and then the self-portrait of him in cubism. And it was like, wow, he's aged terribly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the cubanism thing was him being 
literally just bored with it because he felt like he had gotten to a point where he's like, all right, well, I can do this portrait again, or I can just do this in my studio and keep it to myself. So when he on, when he finally unearthed, um, I think it was the, the, the painting of the three women that he did was like the first one that they put out. It like broke the art scene. So, I mean, that's, that there is a way to be creative. And that that's one thing that I remember uh, Laurent saying a lot was like, be creative. That was like kind of his one, one of his springboard things he would just say, mm-hmm. and most of the conversations, whatever, it's like, oh, if you're struggling, you need space to be creative. Right. Uh, that's why he said, you can't confine yourself to a certain size because you don't know what the size is ever going to be of your tree. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need space to be creative to add on. Um, and uh, one of the things that it reminds me of is... Um, another art form called automatic drawing and Mm. that's kind of what it reminds me of with cosmic it's kind of an automatic drawing concept where it's like i don't know where this is going but i'm just going to shut my brain off and i'm just going to wire the tree or vice versa hold the pencil and just let it just guide me through the paper until something happens and then i step back i'm like oh okay well maybe this is just a concept or maybe this Mm -hmm. is the piece 100 percent yeah. I've seen art done like that before. And it's really bizarre to me because I've always gone into to painting or drawing or whatever with this idea of what I'm going to create. And I've seen particularly I'm thinking of um, one of Michael's friends who's a who does ceramics and he doesn't really know what he's doing. He just starts doing it and then lets the thing create itself. And I, I don't that's like not how I function. <laughs> so no, 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 it's right. really bizarre to me how that form of creation happens. But I also always want to challenge people when they're like, I'm not an artist, because I think people inherently are artists. It's just how we go about art is very different based on just technical skills or our medium. Because I had, a, I have a friend who before has told me like, when I was, I think I had started drawing again or something. I was like, what was this drawing I did? And he was like, wow, really nice. Like, I wish I could draw or wish I could do art in some way. And I was like, okay, but you do. Your the answer is just you can. Different. He's, right. yeah. His medium is people he's very good with people and it's almost an art with how he handles conversations and managing people and all of that but like it really you have to really flip your brain and think okay what is what is (laughs) art what is creation and then you just get into this whole other crazy deep conversation you get into a infinitely like deep hole of what it can be and what it is (laughs) yeah exactly what what is art and what is what high is art? You know, what is high art? I mean, what, what the, my, my favorite art is the art that like continually nags at you like long after you've seen it, like something mm-hmm. that, you know, that's why honestly why I've been attracted to Japanese arts for so long is there's a term called Shibui and that's an aesthetic term where something like at first might look subtle and you mm. might like not be drawn to it. Mm-hmm. But then over time, the interest builds and you mm-hmm. start to like pick up on nuances and like new parts to it. And yeah. um, there's something really cool about that, about like not seeing it all in one time. And um, yeah, I, I, that's I don't very know bonsai and bonsai display. It's so subtle that you don't you often overlook it until you really spend a lot of time with it. Right. Yeah, I, I saw one of my favorite displays ever was a pool stone. Right, it was a, a with a little dimple in it, and on a, right next to it was a tall cascade stand with a suiseki like a mountain stone. Mm. And I looked at that for years, and I all I thought was, "Wow, what a cool like monkey pole with that sitting up on." 
Yeah. We never like drew the correlation that they're showing a waterfall. So oh. the mountain is the pseudopsyche high up. Yeah. And then the, the pool stone is like the endless stream of water just hitting the the stone. And I just thought, man, that's deep. That's mm -hmm. the <laughs> so that's the kind of art I uh I like that stuff that's layered that takes a while to kind of get and And then they set it up so nonchalantly, you know? Right. Like if you see ever see anybody setting up a bonsai display, it's just like or watch the Japanese masters like doing their work. It's so just like straightforward, nonchalant. Like you don't get the 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 deep feeling that you imagine that they would have doing it and no. it's like you just yeah. made a waterfall out of two things that are not a waterfall How, i mean <laughs> like, it did take them years to get the concept yeah, together and only I know, seconds to set no, it up but, too but there's also know, there's, there's, this old, <laughs> there's this old saying from the mustard seed garden manual for painting which is an old chinese book that like all japanese art references and uh, it basically said to the effect of something that a master should aim to be deft without being deft and should aim to be with form, but also without form. Mm -hmm. And like, it was one of those like really weird yin and yang, mm -hmm. Eastern philosophy kind of things. But the the more I do art and the more I do bonsai, the more I, I start to see that. It's, it's hard for me sometimes to explain how I get to the results I get to at this point. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, it's, um, and sometimes it just happens. And that's, uh, that I think is, is my, my favorite part of any art is when you're mm -hmm. in that flow state and you're mm -hmm. just deftly doing it. And so I think that's what happens is these masters are, um, setting up their display and they just, it's, it's deftly happening. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, it's like falling out of their hand that way. Yeah. But yeah, what was that? Uh, what was that book? Sorry, Evan. What was no, that book okay. called? The Mustard Seed Manual for Mustard painting? Seed Garden Manual for Painting. Okay, I gotta, I gotta look at that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm gonna let my cat out of the room. Please hold. All right. Me. Okay. No, it'll be a good pause for a second, so our brains can all uh, seep back down into the the containers that they were in originally. Yeah, my vessel. <laughs> I was telling Lisa, I'm ready to abandon my vessel. <laughs> Don't say that. That's <laughs> absolutely, absolutely uh, terrifying. Like, no, we were talking about AI. Uh, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I would, yeah. Speaking of no. AI, well, um, AI is actually kind of spooky to me, I'll be honest. Oh, I don't know yeah. about you guys. Yeah. I, I, I talked elitist. to a programmer who made me not worry about it. Yeah. Oh. And I'm also. It wasn't my more, husband, though. He made me worry about it. I'm kind of a transhumanist. And so I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> let's do this. Let's bring this out. I've met, I've met somebody else that was like that, too, where uh, uh, it was a good friend of ours for a little while there. We were hanging out with him. And one day he was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind some robot <laughs> legs. And I was like, yeah. Oh, really? And he's like, yeah, just get rid of these. These are lame. Just give me some robot legs. And I was like, yeah. Why? Dude, you never get tired. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's great. exactly. Just stand he's like, forever, and my feet wouldn't hurt. What's the like, problem with so that? There's so many benefits to being a cyborg. Why not no, right now? <laughs> I remember. I remember reading this thing that always made me think of it, and it said, "Oh, that uh, biology's sole means for existing was to give rise to the machine." And it said, "What better way to explore the cosmos? You know, like you're you're immune from cold and heat. You can get have all the food you want." Oh my mm. God, you're right. There you go. Ah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that, I feel about this. That brings us uh, straight into the Considering we're already in the Matrix, it's fine. I know. I know. 
uh, straight brings us straight into things that spook us, which AI definitely does spook Spooks me. Um, I'm gonna be AI for Halloween then. That yeah, that'd be great. You can just drop in on my. I put you <laughs> on my phone as a on, on my speaker. You could just start uh, learning Let's things see. as I Mike, go through my Lane. day. Calling Kevin. Hard No, uh, Ex Machina actually scared the crap out of me. So, ooh, was, that was a great movie. So, I really liked that. Ooh, I gotta go watch that now. Did you see it? No. What? I feel it's like so we're good. talking about trans, like human stuff here, and and uh, and you haven't seen Ox Ex Machina, oh, do you? It's no, but it, you'll love it. It's, but it's it's funny. Like me and Laurent got in many arguments over the fact that he's like a luddite. Like for the guy who loves robots, he hates technology. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and and so I I found it so funny because I'm like, no man, let's just give in to the technology. Oh, have you played? Oh my God, what's the video game with the cat? Oh, um, Stray. No, yes, did but you play I will. Stray? Oh my no. God, I think you would really like it, Mike, if you play video games at all. Uh, is it on? Is it is it possible to do iPhone or maybe Xbox 360? I think we it's... did it on our Xbox. I don't know which so, one we so have. Mine's like old. Mine's like Ours thirty old years too. old. Yeah. You have to have one of those subscription fees. We have a PlayStation Plus, and we played it on there for a little while. Um, I actually played through that game as well. That was an excellent game. Stray um, is post-apocalyptic world in a jar kind of setting, and you're, you're a cat. You're the cat, <laughs> and That's it's pretty just, cool. Everything's it's really cool. Everything's beautifully animated and and textured in the game. I mean, this, the the lighting and mm-hmm. the and the music is perfect. Yeah, so yeah, so. Mm-hmm. probably not an it. Xbox 360 game. Yeah. Probably probably something a little more advanced. Sure. Yeah, 360. I don't know. I don't. I forget how old the 360 is. 360 is from like 2005. Oh, yeah. You might yeah. need a Xbox One. Oh, we have Xbox ne- One. That's what we have. Yeah. Yeah. Know. I, I might need an upgrade. Or if your computer's strong enough, you might be able to run it on stream. I mean, Steam. Yeah, on Steam. Mm-hmm. Steam. Mm-hmm. I love I love Evan's mispronunciation. I know. It's, <laughs> it's like, always, it's always a thing. I love it. Like, <laughs> I'm trying I over here to like it. make a point. All of a sudden, it's just like, nope, that's not what I was actually <laughs> No. Um, but, but no. Uh, but no, those, that's a great game. That's a great movie. They're kind of in the same text i mean seriously it's like the best part about the podcast i just oh think, man i do i just yeah. think if we could make a blooper reel oh no i love it me and matt have we talked will. about that there's just so many yeah. times we could fill on one entire episode with it i know you know it I just know. 100th <laughs> episode is just evan mispronouncing things it's like a big that, stutter fest <laughs> or if it was just if we just did like a maybe like a 20 second opener you know yeah <laughs> oh that'd be awesome <laughs> he's probably if I if that's I probably has one better, already. He's probably making like, a bank on it. Or he's or he's listening to this now and he's like, oh, he thinks I'm. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to get uh, Matt back on it a, a couple of episodes. Was Matt on? He he was in the past. Yeah. He had, oh, that's uh, cool. We had an introduction so everybody can hear his voice and get to know who he was. But you'll get oh, back on cool. a little while. He pops up in the Discord every once in a while. Very uh, cool. Just just being a goof. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So, does anybody have any scary stories related to bonsai? Maybe related to bonsai. Yeah. I, I mean, like what? So many scary things that have happened to my bonsai. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were thinking since it's you know spooky season and all, we could become a, a horror podcast for a little bit and talk about scary, scary for like, things. Ooh, five that minutes. would be cool. <laughs> five minutes. That would be cool. Yeah. 
as, as many horror stories I can think of that have happened to my bonsai trees. Wow. Um, uh, no. Uh, no, but I did just hear this really crazy <laughs> story about, you know, there's like people who catch uh, pythons down here. Yeah, uh, I watched okay. a part of a show on that. They're just, it's wild. They go around it's with It's like bags. the skinny, skinny white guy. Yeah, like with yeah. a beard. Okay. Uh-huh. So he he was on Joe Rogan's <laughs> podcast not too long ago and he was talking about uh, how he went to this site down there because he's hired by the state to collect these things. Mm-hmm. And so they sent him to the site to like go clean it out from pythons. And it was an old NASA uh, site that he went to and he got there and I'm, I'm thinking this is baloney. So as he's talking, I'm literally like fact checking everything. And it was true. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was like this NASA site. And then there was like all this satanic cult stuff that they were finding. Oh, it was around the crap. Yeah. yeah. Like really creepy stuff. And, uh, and come to find out that like I Google, they, they mentioned that the guy who ran the, the facility, the NASA guy, was a Satanist, was like an occultist. And I'm like, no, why that's baloney, you know? And I go and I look it up and sure as hell, he was a guy stripped of his job because he was a, a, an infamous occultist. And wow. so now now that site down in Florida, uh, down in the Everglades has become some like holy ground for that. Wow, it's so like a hot was, spot. Like yeah, people frequent it was, a lot? I, th- I guess so. I guess that's, that's super so creepy. so weird. I yeah. have to look into that. Yeah, that's super bizarre. creepy. Yeah, well, just that's look, like Google like NASA occultist, and you'll see. <laughs> I bet yeah. there are some sweet conspiracy theories surrounding that. There are, yeah, that's pretty cool. Now they have yeah. so much fuel, so much fuel to like. Just... So not not bonsai spooky, but that's the most recent like spooky thing I've heard about going on. Be honest, that's kind of. So I've got I've got a story, and um, I won't share too many details because it's not my story necessarily but um about i don't know maybe my first my first year apprenticing michael got a letter from somebody um asking about a particular tree and telling a story that she had seen a little boy with a red ball um and when she looked back at this tree uh, which was one of which is one of Michael's bonsai trees. Um, the little boy had gone, and the tree was in its place. And she wanted to know if there was any association of a spirit with this tree or anything like that. And you know, Michael didn't have much to say in response to her. But apparently, we have a haunted tree in the yard. Oh, um, Where is it? How much is it? <laughs> <laughs> if you you can come and you can come and visit it. Uh, it's Y'all one of our keepers. Put it behind so, glass, yeah. like the uh, like the doll in the yeah. Animal, yeah, that's animal. what I'm saying. <laughs> I could have like a curio, a curio bonsai collection. You could like haunted so, bonsai trees. Yeah, and so I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there were. I, I'm just, I'm curious whether it was a connection to the tree or a connection to the garden where it was being displayed at the time. Um, but yeah, it's uh, wild. Well, cool. you know, if I ever, if I do come back mm-hmm. uh, as a spirit, I will haunt my bonsai trees, and I'm not going to come back. And I'll probably that's a great come idea. Back. <laughs> I won't come back as like a little kid, though. I'm going to come back as like probably just like twenty year old me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like or as like cyborg. Life. 
cyborg. Ooh, yeah, like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> It's an alternate reality. Like Mike Lane comes back to haunt his trees, and he's got like robot arms and like a red glowing one eye. What like, would be scarier? I am bored. <laughs> but and then the other the other thing that that's happened to me here is um, the first time I I met Evan and he was staying oh. here at the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that was totally me. This is my story, Carmen. I know you're trying to just <laughs> all right. Snatch you tell it, it then. No, no, no. It's it's. He goes, he goes, is is there a ghost in the house? I have this, <laughs> I'm like I'm like, I sure hope not. <laughs> I have this weird sense. Like I I've I've had this for a while where I'll just like walk into a building and like something else is here. But like I don't know if it's like, you know, like a person like physically there or is that I just feel something. And uh and I don't know. I sometimes I say that so I, now. Now everybody like that's listening to shows be like, "Man, Evan's a weirdo." But no, yeah. uh, no, it's yeah. it's just it's this thing. And so when I said that, uh, that's whenever the story kind of came about the, the little the, the little boy with the the spirit with the tree, and I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense." And it just I just connected the dots, and then we moved on. And I like, uh, you know, I I cleansed the house with some rose now, but no, yeah, some sage, some yeah, sage. To, you know, to that be wasn't- honest. But that's not the house ghost. That's a different. There's a different one. There's also there is a different thing because I mean, and you know, I was so maybe scared a little bit by it because the whole winter, this was in spring. The whole winter, I had been seeing things out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, "It's just the light. It's just a shadow. It's nothing. It's nothing." And then Evans comes over and he's like, "You got a ghost here?" And I'm like, "Oh man, I found it. It's a." I'm like a super big skeptic, but I would love oh, to sweet. like when I was in New England, I was like looking to I was trying to get Laurent to go to abandoned mental asylums with me. Oh my god. You're going like all the way. You're not even going on like beginner's ghost tour. You're just no. let's just go to the abandoned mental asylum. Yeah. Which one is over there? There's a really scary there's a ton. one. Isn't there? Ton. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a ton in Connecticut and we were like right by him, but Laurent wasn't into like breaking and entering. Oh. And, <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> for the record, this recording is going to be casted to a bunch of people. No, uh, no, I, I can get that. I'm not into breaking and entering either. That's why we didn't do it. Okay. We didn't take that out of context or anything. Um, no, um, no, it, it reminds me a lot of like the, the BuzzFeed Unsolved guys when you had like the one guy that was like super terrified of like ghosts and you had the one guy that was like, Mike just said, he's like, whatever i don't care about ghosts say no ghosts around here and no, so- i, I want to be proved wrong that's the difference it's like i go to these places because like i would love to believe and you can come aliens. sleep in the guest room over the winter and like that seriously yeah. like i i'm i'm a uh, what's the word i'm a uh, i'm a hesitant skeptic i don't want to be a skeptic hey, mm-hmm. no. You're yeah. always always looking for the ghosts and the UFOs. I'm always looking for like if it happened to me, if there was something crazy, like I got levitated in my room or something, I'd be like, then maybe, believer. then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I always want to be that person. It's like it's not real. It's not real. It's just a coincidence. But then random stuff just keeps happening, and it's like, well, we have maybe it's not. No, it's scary. Was there not any other? like ghost happenings before with like that you noticed before I came over there and mentioned anything it or? was I mean it was mostly just I would keep seeing things out of the corner of my eye in specific spots over and over again 
Yeah. And I was like, it's just the shadow. It's just the way the wind is blowing and the shadows are, are falling. But it, um, I don't know. It never just felt like a shadow. It was so weird. It, it was just always something out of the corner of my eye. It's, but then, yeah. It's interesting because, you know, Mike, you probably don't have any ghost stories from your past, to, you know, anything oh. weird that happened to you. And then I have plenty, but then Carmen, do you have any? Um, because not, like straight up ghost encounters, um, I had one where I'm pretty sure the ghost of my great grandmother visited me, but it was in a dream. So it's not necessarily like mm. ah, a ghost, but it, it didn't feel like a dream. It felt like something more, um, sleep paralysis thing kind of. No, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, when I was younger, um, it's kind of, it's a sad story, but she had come essentially back to me in a dream to like um like say hi and let me know she was okay and and all that so like kind of give closure to and, like her death and the whole situation surrounding it so um it just felt very yeah you know, and I, I don't think i ever dreamt about her again after that it was like i had had nightmares about it before and then she came back and was like everything's fine blah 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 and then it, it was it was fine after that so um but then as far as I mean, after the our garden ghost, um I mean I sent you a picture once that the the dishes there was like some old oatmeal in oh. a dish in the sink and it was arranged <laughs> in a smiley face. It was. You that saw was the scary. picture, you were like I, I saw it. And I submitted it to the same uh website that the uh the bread Jesus showed up on. And everybody <laughs> believed me. <laughs> but I wouldn't be afraid of a, of a ghost that left me smiling faces. That'd be pretty smiley cool. Smiley face oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I asked both of you guys with that is like, because maybe, because I've been told that if you're not open to it, then you won't have those experiences mm-hmm. at the of same time. Not. Like, have you, I mean, Mike, you're saying like, you're like, I really want to be proven wrong. I, you know, I would, you know, pay money to see a ghost pop up like that. You know, yeah. like, but like, it's just weird to me. Maybe it's just the way some people see things, perceive things as well. I mean, some people are hypersensitive to things. I don't know. But even if I saw something, it wouldn't be enough. Like that's the problem. It's like I'm too too scientific. Too, it's like I would, uh, I would be like, you need like a demon haunting to like really, yeah, yeah. You know, it, hit the ball out of the I saw something because it would, I would, I would doubt it. I would be like, I must be hallucinating. Mm-hmm. I would something, you know, I would always have have to have some explanation. So yeah. we'll we'll see though. I, I'm I want like anytime I, a ghost story happens, I would read it. You know, anytime there's a UFO story, I read it and I'm like, oh, maybe this is it. I mean, this is mm-hmm. the moment. Yeah. So far. So far the jury's out. Yeah. I don't it's know. Right. I think I think we've got confirmation at this point that ufos are real whether or not they're aliens i don't right. know but, but i want them to be aliens <laughs> you want it to be aliens it's yeah. probably aliens i hope I'm so gonna say. i hope so it's okay lot. evan what's your ghost stories uh, i mean the most recent most recent i think it yeah. would have been that experience at the guest house i mean the guest room um, you're gonna scare people from coming here no 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 it's just that, <laughs> did you that, ever have imaginary friends when you were younger no maybe like not, did, not did like your toys arrange themselves by themselves? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I arranged my own toys for myself. Thank you. No, um, no. I mean, I 
I remember this, the sensation of the uh, of the covers being pulled tight that one time that's I was really, over there. Yeah, that's really scary. Um, that kind of and that kind of stuff happens every once in a while. Um, you should sleep. You should be a sounder sleeper. I'm, yeah, maybe that's the problem. The trouble too through that. is that I'm a light sl- uh, sleeper, so I'm apparently, like I said earlier, probably a lot more sensitive to things that happen. Um, so I don't know what could have caused that, but it it definitely had a sensation that woke me up. And then I looked up and I knew something was there, and and I just have that I have that dark kind of you get, you get that like weird feeling when because you don't have to have that when you are thinking about a ghost you can have that as mm-hmm. like when you walk in a room and it's dark and and you know someone's in there and they're trying oh. to spook, they're either trying oh. to spook you or I hate that feeling or yes, you're just I surprised know. and you're like and you get you get like really anxious and you get that yep. like it's a it's a it's one of your like flight or fight or flight kind of in- mm-hmm. instincts is, is like as an animal you're just like something's in here and you get like this weird in state of Ugh. mind yeah um so yeah that's that's kind of how i felt at that moment and it's then really funny because that's my favorite room in the whole house to sleep in i love oh, that room that, i'm that room so comfortable is, in there more comfortable than this room right here that room is cold and it's well you had the window the, open <laughs> i didn't know the room was open the whole time <laughs> that was another thing that was really goofy about that whole thing uh now weird week. maybe i left myself exposed to the ghost to just walk right through the window but i don't know um i don't know there's been some like this the whole s- street is just weird lots of deaths and things so oh, well, uh, we don't i did, I did one time i have a nightmare <laughs> so bad that um i woke up screaming next to lisa and oh it, no yeah it, it was a, a clown coming into the house i really <laughs> thought it was coming into the house this creepy clown. You really you you don't like clowns. You're, you're no, not I don't even person. have an issue with clowns. Seriously, oh. it's weird. It was just the weirdest thing. It was uh, like yeah. like I I it was so real. That's why I'm telling you is I wouldn't bore you with my dreams, but I remember like looking outside her her house and like somebody there was this guy standing across the street in a clown outfit, really oh. creepy. And so I shut the door. I like yelled at him a bunch to like get away and he wouldn't move. And so I go to shut the door and um, I realized I didn't lock the door. And so oh, I turn around to, I turn around to go <laughs> lock the door and then the door opens and, no! the, guy, and the guy walks in and uh, I woke up screaming and woke Lisa up and everything. It was crazy. So did you have one of those weird moments where uh, you're trying to punch somebody in a dream and it feels uh, like nothing like air? It, it was so real. I'm still traumatized about it. Like I still like, man, that really happened, didn't it? Yeah. Um, no, it did. Well, parallel universe. Um, unfortunately, guys, I'm gonna have to bail out. We're about to eat some dinner. Oh, oh. But, well, uh, you don't have time to do a creature uh, a critique on this this jade really quick. Yeah, real quick. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, let's let's get into a critique. We have a uh, Discord where we have our tree critiques submitted and it's easier for us to find them there because the Discord uh, thread needs so long. But we're looking at a, uh, a Portuguese Afra. It's somewhat semi-cascade. I wouldn't consider this a full cascade, but uh, it's in the Discord chat. For the listeners here, it's going to be over on our Instagram page, Little Things for Boneside People, and it's going to be marked with this episode number. So, uh, by the way, it's JAS, J-A-S uh, Potts submitted this and said he said, Ooh. be harsh. So, uh go all right tear this thing uh, apart <laughs> i would say it needs a, a shallower pot first like the easy easy thing is a shallower pot is 
it's a, like a full cascade pot, but it's a semi-cascade. Oh, and um, so that's kind of an easy one. Um, oh, that wasn't mean. <laughs> no, honestly. It's pretty it's not, straightforward. It's not a bad tree. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, it's really not. I don't like, there's there's that branch that's on the inside of the curve, that big fat branch that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would get rid of that. And uh, and debating the right branch, but I think you need it for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For balance for now, yeah. at least. Yeah. Otherwise, you kind of lose the, I don't know, it, it becomes the, less dynamic. It, it does. You don't have anything to the other side, but uh, mm-hmm. it'd be nicer if that foliage came from something maybe higher in the tree that filled mm. that same spot, maybe. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. Yeah, I think it's um yeah, my impression is that it's just it's young. Um yeah. or that it's still, you know, in development. Cause I, I do like that little bit of foliage there, but I think you're right. If it came from somewhere further up the tree is kind of like a, a drop branch or branch yeah. kind of going back that way. Um, uh, it might be more effective. And then yeah, that big thick branch in the back, I don't think you need it. I don't um, think you need it at all. I think but, more just more branches more twigginess as it gets older and then yeah i would go for a, a shallower pot um since it's not really a full cascade unless the intent is to go full cascade but in that case i still probably would go with a shallower pot and um and just build it out slowly right yeah 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 or put it on a stand where it can you know let the let the pot still be shallow ish shallower but and then let it fall in front of a stand or the bench or whatever um, I like the little stand it's on. I think that's real cute. Yeah, I, I think it's actually a pretty nice tree. I actually mm-hmm. like the pot too. It's uh, mm-hmm. it looks like it's made of some decent clay. Yeah. Know. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, cool little feet on the pot too. Little I, I agree with everything you guys said, uh, especially on that thicker branch. It's a shame that it wasn't something finer that could just be another back dropping branch. That's more of you know because. Yeah, you got the balancing branch there. It's a tad too high, um, in my opinion. But then at the same time, there's the the first branch comes down. It's pretty lovely how it has that drop, and you can see the the, mm-hmm. the levels of it that they can start building. I think that should be. I mean, especially if you're going for semi cascade, it should be a little sharper. But then that branch right above it that runs just parallel with it is a little awkward, in my opinion. I and, agree uh, with that. And but could, that's the one that we were saying. Should probably stay temporarily, I think. Yeah, but, and but you know, but I agree it, with you. I agree. Yeah, until that bottom branch fills out more. Yeah, yeah. And the, this is a porch lucaria. If he's in a warm range, I mean, these things grow like like a weed, so it's easy to I rebuild think, this tree. I think he's in uh, New England area, so oh, nice. inside under lights, you could probably make it grow pretty quick. What's his name? Uh, this is J A S Pot submitted this one that's his oh, uh wait, his, his name you, you met that you probably met him in person when you were traveling yeah. um mm-hmm. you should contact mike and let him know that, that he knows you j-a-s lots but yeah mike if you need to uh yeah i gotta bounce if you gotta bounce out that's understandable we're having lasagna oh i was just thinking of lasagna today i love me some lagnazaga yeah it's great man um, but yeah, no, you enjoy that a uh, sweet Italian dish, and uh, and we'll keep, we'll catch up with you on the flip side. 
All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. It was nice catching up with you guys. Yeah, for sure. All right. I'll catch you next time. All right. All right, Mike. All right. Uh, See you guys. But Carwin, if you want to stick around for a moment, we can. uh, Yes. Wait, see. Wait. (laughs) Don't make it awkward. (laughs) Waiting for Mike to leave. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to make it weird where we're just still talking and he's like, oh, wait, I have something. But uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I was going to see if you want to go ahead and do the the word of the week really quick, no. and then uh, well, yes. Pat, Let's thank do you it. guys no, for listening to little kidding. things for bonsai people. Yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we'll we'll hit the the last segment of our show that we we sometimes forget to do, or sometimes we'll have a guest on here and it just gets all mixed up. But uh, you know, it would be cool if Mike gave us like a little like a little reel in, like some music to go up to it. Uh, does say matter, Mike? You said Mike, but I think you meant Matt. I did mean Matt. Matt, we need uh, some like. I'm so sorry, word Matt. Of the week. There's yeah, exactly. Or you can take say it, say that again. Word of the week. Take that audio clip and just make it <laughs> make it like echoey and crazy, like with some word Matt. of the week. Week. <laughs> yeah, do something like that. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I said Mike because dude, Matt, Mike, That's Michael. The words that we use like on a consistent basis on the show. But anyway, yeah. So our bonsai word of the week is going to be uh I think it's Sishin. Uh Say that again. Sishin. So it's Sishin. Sishin? Uh S E I S H I N. Uh so it's a Japanese word for spirit. I'm just gonna use that one. Oh. Because we were talking a little bit about Japanese spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier and the and their uh the the belief of the spirit world and basically what like a lot of the things like the at the the lanterns like guide the spirits the um the tori gates are gateways mm-hmm. into like into sacred areas mm-hmm. um so i thought it would be cool just kind of you know, touch on that a little bit and one of the things that makes me think about like the spirit world and spirits for a Japanese culture is like, I think a beautiful representation of that is like the um, Spirited Away film. Mm, mm-hmm. Kind of shows you a lot of the lore. If you go back and look at that, if anyone's seen that movie and was confused, like legitimately confused, like what is going on? If you look at it, it's actually got a lot of connections to traditional Japanese lore as far as how the spirit world functions and how human beings uh, are supposed to be able to transcend into it in, in older stories um so that's actually a really that movie's a good introduction to it but yeah you were you were reading something earlier carmen that was a that was a good add-in to it oh yeah i was because we were talking about um spirits and halloween and spooky things that have happened with bonsai uh i had i had looked up something about Japanese people and the belief in ghosts. And it says the Japanese culture holds a deep reverence for the spirit world and believes in the existence of ghosts. Um, they're a, a fundamental belief that humans, oh wait, no, not that part. Uh, yeah, they're both feared and revered and part of a deep magic, a foundational belief that humans have a God inside of them and that there's ghostly etiquette, um, which involves avoiding taboo actions and places that may attract spirits or invite supernatural occurrences. Um, and I remember I was telling Evan too before this was before we started recording. I'd seen a, uh, a, a documentary on a tsunami that happened a number of years ago, and how when a monk had a, a interaction with a spirit woman who he ended up having to, you know, spend time with to help her get to the other side or whatever. And so I think that 
there's a an interesting connection possibly here with bonsai and if anybody has bonsai ghost stories i would love to hear them yeah if there's anybody in our bonsai basket buds that want to drop in there and give us some uh some little stories we can just you know short little maybe paragraph stories is is, is totally fine and we'll go in and we'll repeat them just make sure that you guys drop it in and uh tag me and or carmen um just so i can see it because a lot of things get said in the chat um so we can catch up on it but yeah um but yeah there's a lot of reverence to to spirits and japanese culture and but it was one of the things that i was going to say earlier is that like um it's funny because Mike even used the best word for it. He's like, he's like, I, I look at some bonsai that are done so well that they lack the soul. Um, mm. And that's something that I feel like whenever I encounter a truly old tree, this is something I've told a few people whenever I'm near like, uh, for instance, like live oak, uh, the Corgus uh, Americana that grows here. And when they're so big and they're so old, the the branches literally feel like trunks like of an like almost mm-hmm. like if, if an elephant trunk as if it was going to move suddenly and just start slowly wrapping around um i can almost feel like a sense of breath in those trees and that's mm-hmm. kind of how i would imagine it could be it could be seen with bone size sometimes i i could i could sense a tree is old like that mm-hmm. it's it's a you know i'm not trying to go back to the, like you know evan's a seer he's a weirdo uh but no uh <laughs> But like it is, it is something. <laughs> but no, uh, I I definitely have a connection with the trees like that because I I want you know it's you want to believe that that the mm-hmm. tree can can have some kind of feeling, um, and mm-hmm. that is something that I know there are tree spirits. That's a huge thing in in Japanese uh, lore and culture. Is that um, some trees like that's also used in uh, my neighbor Totoro. There's a spirit tree as well mm-hmm. in that movie and uh usually the trees that have the uh the things wrapped around their trucks i forget what they're called but they're adorned mm-hmm. with like the spirit mm-hmm. band yeah to kind of you know you know um co- commemorate that spirit to give mm-hmm. honor to that spirit um, i'm a big believer in that trees are people too essentially you know each each tree especially the some of the really old ones have this feeling of they do have their own personality, their own spirit, their own, yeah, you know, something. I want, I want to put that on one of our future shirts. Um, trees are people too. <laughs> trees are people too. I think that's funny. <laughs> and give like a bonsai tree, like a suitcase or a light on me briefcase to like go to work or something. He's got, he's like got responsibilities and stuff. No, uh, but no, that it's trees. Trees are impactful. We mean, we do this for a reason. We do bonsai for a reason. So, I mean. They got to have something going on that intrigues us. So maybe there is a spirit there that, you know, has a magnetism or something, you know, it's an, it's an interesting concept. I know, ha- like, I don't know what the percentage of listeners would be spiritual people. And then the other are just, you know, like, ah, they this is just this episode off a long time ago. Yeah. They were probably like, oh, crap. We're not talking about this. It's, it's the, it's the water level on, on Mario. I'm just so tired of this. So let's skip through this part. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, no, th- there is there is some depth to it because it kind of it kind of does go back to the the art the art side. It's like if you find the spirit in it, then I guess that goes from just the regular dedicated dedicated craft, the creation, to mm-hmm. finding something that feels more alive, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, any any input on on the word of the day, spirit, uh, Sishin? I like it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that's been your your input on uh, 
a good number of them. You're just like, that's yeah, a they're nice all, word. <laughs> they're all great. But no, I, I agree with you. And I think that's one of the reasons I get a little bit uncomfortable when people treat trees as disposable or collect without ethics or, you know, when there's just, you know, they use trees as a commodity instead of having that proper respect for them because there is something I think more to them and to this art and, you know, they need to be respected and cared for as the individuals that they are not just treated as something to do something to. Yeah. That, that's definitely agreed. Like I like to, I like, I really like the whole thing of like removing yourself. You know, I know that was going kind of against what we said earlier with, uh, with the thing it's like, you know, with the, the approach is like, put yourself in the art. I've, I, I personally like the remove yourself from it. I think you of. have to remove yourself from it to, to get it, to get the technique, to get the craft of it. And yeah. then once you get to that point, cause when, when you're standing in the way of yourself, I mean, you can, you get, you can just get in your own way so much. So I think at some point you do have to try and remove yourself from it that's really hard to do yeah because um i know that if you know this is the this is the hopes for most bonsai artists and practitioners out there is that if i've if i've worked on this tree for long enough that maybe one day when i'm gone the next person can care for it and Mm -hmm. and that in a way is putting spirit into it i think for sure it's a deep way of thinking about it but uh but yeah so now that we've talked about everything all at once um about you know <laughs> art and spooky stories and also artificial intelligence and how mike would not mind becoming a cyborg um we're gonna tree go spirits and lasagna <laughs> tree spirits and now he's <laughs> off to eat his lasagna um <laughs> but let's just go ahead and wrap it up just uh let's just say that if you guys would like to purchase a little things for bonsai people the podcast the t-shirt you can go over to underhillbonesizestore.com. We have uh, not as many as I would like to have on hand left, but we've gone through a good bit well, of them. That's good then, though, because that means good. we sold them. That just means I have to be creative and come up with a new design. These are people, too. These are people, go. too, coming soon to a T-shirt near you. Uh, that we have the, I think we have a handful of the larges and extra larges. That's a very popular size. We have a lot of smalls, so if we have any small people or children that need podcast shirts please uh think of us but uh yeah you can go catch the shirts over at underhillbonesightstore.com the they're 30 dollars a piece we've got the white and black uh do two different designs pocket tees very comfortable they're printed on comfort covered colors they're cottons uh they're spun cotton high quality feel awesome and they they fade with like a like a almost like a stonewashed patina look to them. They look really cool after you wear them I washed it a few times and it's holding up really well. Yeah. It's not one of those shirts where you wash it one time and it just like goes sideways on you literally. Like one mm-hmm. corners of it feels like it's longer than the other and then <laughs> and then like your neckline's really tight suddenly. Um, no, yeah. they, they, they're they really nice shirts. Um, so since Mike already bounced out, you can say go over to KitsuneBonesai.com. Go over look at Mike's stuff. He's got seasonal offerings. Uh, he was talking about a class that he's got coming up in the Discord recently. I can't remember what that was exactly, but um, but yeah, you can go over there check it out. He's got all this information listed there. For Does he un- have any oh. more of uh, Lawrence books for sale over there? No, uh, and that's another good he sold thing out? to drop in there. He sold out. Oh, I was going to get one because oh. I 
was Manor didn't have one for him to sign when he was here. Yep. So he actually, he was telling me that he, when he was over in Europe, he didn't sell a whole, whole lot of books and he was doing okay with them. And as soon as he set on US, as soon as he set foot on US soil, brought his books with him, he sold them all. Wow. So if anybody is interested in getting Cosmic Boneside uh, Volume 1 and 2, they are all currently out of print. But uh, because he sold them all out, he can print them again. So there is pre-orders. I think Mike is going to be the first person to get that because he's going to be the distributor of Cosmic Bonsai uh, issues okay. one and two. So we should be seeing that in the future. So yeah, you guys can head over to Ketsune Bonsai and anticipate the, uh, the pre-order on that. Um, and then as for Underhill Bonsai, you can go over to underhillbonsai.com for me to see my articles that I've written. You can see um some of the stuff we have available on our online store if you go to the store link of course um and then i have instagram uh, that you can go check out and my instagram is both the underhill account and if some people couldn't tell also uh linked up to little things for underhill people on uh underhill people jeez that was awesome my brain is trying to go way ahead of itself you're uh, talking little, too fast. Little things yeah. for underhill people. Little things for bones like people on Instagram. If you go over there, you'll actually see I took a picture with Freddie and Jason recently. They were really nice guys. Very yeah. spooky. Yeah. They very spooky. They took a moment from <laughs> trying to uh to kill themselves in dreams and stepping into the real world at, at uh Crystal Lake. Uh but instead decided to uh have a drink with me. It was a pretty good time. Um so but yeah, and then for you, Carmen, where can people go check out your stuff for uh, for a moment? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Becoming Bonsai. I'm also on Facebook. Um, and you can check out the Purple Pot Society, which is the National Women's Bonsai Group. Uh, you don't have to be a woman to join. We take all genders. Um, uh-huh. But we our mission is to uh, support, educate, and inspire women um, to produce bonsai. So, yes, I think that's all for me. That was What's very up? poorly thought through. No, no, no. It's it, We I always it. do this part on the, off the cusp because You'd I think figured... I'd remember how to say it. <laughs> just just do it. Just just say it. You know, say you it. know, you know what you're going to say. But thing. Yeah. So yes. uh, what's the likelihood we can get Sam on? Oh, super likely. OK, maybe we'll have I her on the next her. one. Oh, my God. I had the weird speaking of dreams. I had the weirdest dream that I bought. Her house from her but it wasn't her house it was a mansion anyway it's very confusing i'll tell you about it sometime that's very interesting maybe yes. we can bring that up on the next episode of little things for boneside underhill people underhill people. <laughs> people not not the hobbits not the hobbit people but little people little things um, for boneside people uh this was a very interesting episode little of people for bonsai things yeah so you guys have a great week wherever you're listening at it could be it could be fall it could be spring because i mean we have listeners on the other side of the of the planet so uh but you guys have a great halloween season mine's gonna be mildly cool i'm sure yours is gonna be kind of colder than mine yes probably uh, quite wet. quite wet we're putting a, a sealant layer on my son's costume so that it doesn't melt in the rain oh great <laughs> So catch you guys on the next one. Bye.